Hello and welcome to Spooks and Goofs where we talk about spooky shit. And goofy shit. And we are here with episode... Five? Is this really episode five already? I think it's, I think five. it's episode five. Yeah. Dang. Man, we're, we're killing it. Dude, five. However, this is like the latest one that we've recorded. Like the closest one to it actually needing to be posted. We've been like ahead of the schedule this whole time by like weeks. And now we're starting to slack. No, we're fine. <laughs> so we this is literally being posted tomorrow. Dude, it's been hella busy. I know. We've been I hella know. busy. I don't even know what day it is. Like, it's about to be halfway through February already. Bro, I don't understand. Why is why is time going by, like, so fast? Mm, because we have so much to do. I know. You've been busy with work. Yeah. I've been hella busy with work. Mm-hmm. I just don't even know, like... We even have to work on the weekend tomorrow. Dude, right? I mean, it's just never ending. Oh. But I am so fucking excited. Was that your stomach? Shh. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> I just need a little snacky snack use when we're a, done. Use, hol- use hungry. <laughs> I, just need, I just need a little snacky snack, snack when we're done. It's fine. Snack. A snack. Snack. Um, so. Oh, oh. Before, All right. Before we start, um. So one of the teachers at the studio, uh-huh. she has told me she's she's kind of sensitive uh-huh. um, to the spiritual realm, if you will. Okay. And she thinks she told me that she thinks that we have a benevolent spirit in the studio. A benevolent spirit. Yeah, the good kind. Okay, all right. Thank Not you. malevolent, benevolent. Okay, thank you for explaining that. Yes. To me. We're not, we're not like Maleficent up I was about here. to bust out the sage. <laughs> See what I mean? You're getting it. You're, you're learning. You get the sage. Okay, whatever. Um, but yeah, she like will stay late sometimes and like by herself and work on stuff at the studio by herself. Yeah. She said that she feels a benevolent spirit. That's really cool. And she's like, maybe they like to dance. And I'm like, who doesn't? Perhaps. I think it would be really cool. How has she like guesstimated an age of the? I, that's literally the only information. Oh, okay. Because I, I was but about to say maybe she, you know. Maybe the more time she spends there, we can maybe figure like something like that out. Yeah, that'd be cool. Like, what if do, it's like, like a spirit some, like, box in the studio? Please don't. Please don't. <gasps> Light some candles. Let's. Okay, now we're playing with fire a little bit. You're like oh, lighting. Get it? I just said, light some candles. Oh. I'm playing with fire. I honestly didn't even hear that. <laughs> but you know, you're like lighting the lighter a little bit you're flicking it flicking it you know mm-hmm. and you bring the spirit box in i don't see a problem here dude no there's no way whatever um i'm kicking you in the teeth if you bring a ouija board too oh no i don't listen i love my ghosties and my spookies and all that stuff i will not touch a ouija board i will not lay a finger please don't on a ouija board i just i don't i don't trust that whatever comes through is going to be a good Benevolent, 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 benevolent. <laughs> Dude, who are you right now? <laughs> Sorry, I'm having a stroke. <laughs> you're, like that, you're like that one guy uh, who plays Doctor Strange. What's that guy's name? I don't know. I don't watch that shit. Anyway, he can't say penguin. And like, there's this, oh, uh, what's his name? Barbasil Cumberslatch. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, you named a shaving cream. <laughs> And something else. I don't know. Sasquatch? Did you say Sasquatch? No, I said Barbasil Cumberslash, I think is what I said. Oh, Benedict Cumberbatch. He does the, yeah, he does the voiceover and he says paint, 
penguin. 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 No, benevolent. Maleficent. Got it. Anyway. Oh, why is Alexa listening to us? Oh, that was weird. All right, Alexa. We're talking about spirits. Go away. Why is it purple? Why? Why? What? Listen, we're talking about spirits and our Alexa is starting to like, listen, I'm telling you something, something weird is, is going on. Play with me. That's what she's going to say next. Ew. I don't want her ever to say anything like that. Or you. <laughs> <laughs> don't ever say that again. Sorry. Um, okay. Today's story. Okay. Today's case. Oof. I've been talking about it since before we started the podcast about how I wanted to tell you this story. Yes, and you wouldn't give me any kind no, of No, nothing. You would give me, like, literally... Because you know if I give you a little bit, I'm just going to word vomit, and Listen, I'm going to tell gave, you everything. She gave me nothing. Yeah. Nothing. I gave you, I think I gave you murder. <laughs> yeah. And alcoholic? Or alcohol or something? Sure. Drinking? Okay, well, the story is the story of Michael Malloy, mm. a.k.a. Mike the Durable, a.k.a. Iron Mike, a.k.a. the Irish Rasputin. Rasputin. Okay. Are you ready for this? I suppose. This is going to be a wild ride. Go on. Okay. Michael Malloy was a homeless Irishman living in New York City in the 1920s and 30s. 20s and 30s. Got it. Yeah. He was born in... Okay. I looked up pronunciation Oh, God. This. I didn't want to butcher it. Sorsha. I didn't. I love Ireland. I want to go there so bad. I did not want to butcher it. Ireland's awesome. Donegal. So you looked this up. I did. And you looked up the pronunciation. I did. I'm assuming you went to YouTube. I did. <laughs> <laughs> I did. And there was a an Irish woman pronouncing hmm. this. She said it's not Donegal because it's D-O-N. She she went on a tangent. It's not Don. Spell, spell the whole Dun, thing. Done. D O N E G A L. Yeah, I. Yes, okay. So she says, Donegal. Donegal. No, Dun, Dun, Dun. That's what she said. Donegal. Donegal. Okay, I don't know why wait. I sound like that. But anyway, uh, Ireland. In Ireland. Shout out Ireland. In 1873 was when he was born. But no one actually knows when his exact birth date is. So all we have is 1873. Um. He was an extreme alcoholic and drank a lot. I'm assuming Guinness. <laughs> it just drank. Like, oh, period. Think Frank from Shameless. Functioning alcoholic. I mean, beyond. Wow. Beyond. Um, so I guess because of the whole we don't know exactly his birth date thing and we don't really know much about him and he's kind of homeless and he's this and that, like people would say that he was probably in his 60s. Okay. But insurance papers, he was marked, um, on insurance papers, he was marked as 47 years old. But when you think about, like, how much someone drinks dawn to dusk all day, every day, that would probably take a toll on the way that you look. I'm sorry. So, so 1920s and 30s. And they say he, he was, was born, born in 1873. 73, okay. So I guess that could put him closer to 60. Right. 50, 60. But... Nice. Then again, like I said, you Whatever. drink that much, you're going to look a little rough around the edges. Yeah. Um, so after losing his job as a firefighter, he was a bit of a drifter and would look for work anywhere that he could. And then yeah. any pay that he got, he would just go back and spend it all on booze. 
like total, like, like I said, Frank from Shameless. Money goes right to the bar. Okay. So there are four other main players that we're going to talk about in this story. We have Anthony Tony Marino. Okay. That sounds like a typical, like. Yeah. <laughs> Francis Pasqua. Pasqua. Daniel, uh, Daniel Kreisberg and Joseph Red Murphy. Hmm. Okay. And then there's a couple others that come into play later on, and we'll talk about those too. Sure. So we're going to go into Tony Marino's background a little bit. Okay. Um, he's one of the more key players in this. Um, he was 27 years old and owned a speakeasy in the Bronx. Okay. But this wasn't one of those, like, really cool, hip, secretive, like, knock on the wall and, like, a bookcase opens up kind of speakeasy. It was literally just, like, a hole in the wall, dirty open room with a toilet behind a curtain in the corner of the room and just, like, shit everywhere. Slumming it. Love yeah. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love it. All in all, he was not a good person. Oh. At all. Okay. Don't love it. He was riddled with venereal diseases Ooh. and didn't even tell his partners about these. Ooh. He just didn't think it was important to tell his wife okay. about these. Okay. Um, so he was married. He did not have a happy marriage. I'm sorry, pause. All I can think of right now when you said that was, I'm a venereal disease. Like, um. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so he didn't tell his wife about him, and she didn't even find out about it until she was told by a doctor when she was pregnant that she had contracted, I think it was syphilis. <laughs> so she didn't even know Hashtag because <laughs> he didn't tell her, and then she got pregnant with his kid, went to the doctor, and they're like, oh, by the way, you have syphilis. Good. Yeah, so that's really, really cool. Congratulations. You're having a girl and you have syphilis. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> um, at one point, he, uh, his wife, her, her name was Eleanor, described a situation where he became so violent that he threatened to turn the gas on in their room and kill her and the baby. Mm. And the, this happened multiple times where he would threaten this. Okay, the gas, like meaning... Mm -hmm. Like, like, nap, like turned on the gas on the stove. Right, he understands it. That's a slow death, right? Not a quick one. Doesn't matter. Okay. He was starting right. to kill her and the baby regardless. He probably didn't know. That. It doesn't matter whether it's gas or like well, I'm going to chop it into pieces. dumb enough to contract syphilis from other people. I mean. Yeah, all right. So he suffered a head injury as a child and reportedly this is when his entire personality changed and he became a raging asshole even as a kid and mm -hmm. a teenager. He stopped caring about school. He was extremely defiant. He would get in fights. He got kicked out of school in the sixth grade. They were like, I can't even deal yeah, with you. Yeah, kicked out of school at sixth grade? Yeah. My dog. Can't even deal with you anymore. You're a raging asshole. Like, you can't even come to school anymore. My dog. He would make his siblings still, uh, steal things from stores and would beat them up if they didn't do it. Hmm. When he got older, he had a hard time holding down jobs. Right. Um, eventually was able to open up the speakeasy. I think he actually opened up a smaller one before. A speakeasy. Well, I'm thinking of what it is. Are but normally I... like the bars that were like the hidden bars in the Prohibition time. Oh, gotcha. But this was so more like so a, just like a really you say dirty... a code word and then they yeah, take it to the back room. But this wasn't super like, you know, secret squirrel, whatever. Right. This was just a really dirty, nasty bar. Gotcha. So he had actually opened up a smaller one with a partner, and then the partner was like, "I can't even deal with you." Like the partner that he had opening up the business couldn't even deal with how, like 
how much of an asshole he was. Right. And so he just left him and was like, I'm not, you, you can deal with this yourself. So he ended up having to close that one, but then somehow opened up a second one, which is the one that's in this story. Right. So. Um, after it opened, he and his wife separated. She still wanted to work on things, but then give him his own space while they did it because he was kind of getting a little bit more violent. Um, she encouraged him to get psychiatric treatment and treatment for his syphilis, considering it could be fatal, but also that it was probably contributing to his violent tendencies. Because when you leave syphilis untreated, it travel like the, the right. what's, what's it called? Infection or whatever can travel and can make you look fucking crazy. Right. So... Uh, while he was working at this speakeasy, he met another woman named Mabel Carlson. She was also a heavy drinker, and she came in a lot. She decided to move, or he, Tony, decided to move Mabel into his home, even though he was still married. Beautiful. She was not in the house. She had taken the kid and went somewhere else to give him his space, but they were still supposed to be working on things, and he moved this chick into their house. Uh, so when Eleanor found this out, she moved out permanently. She was like, all right. Yeah, peace out. I'm done. Yeah, I'm done. Gotcha. March 17th, 1932. Okay. So, haha, that's funny. That's uh, St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. We're talking how, about an Irish How one. fitting. But this has nothing to do with Michael Malloy, so I guess it doesn't really matter. Okay. Um, so on this, on this day, police were called to the home where they found Mabel dead mm-hmm. in bed. Tony said that he had come home and thought she was sleeping. They found out that she had acute and chronic pneumonia and claimed that to be the cause of her death. However, they also noted several bruises in different stages of healing that were covered up with makeup, or what they called it back then, flesh powder. Okay. That's (laughs) a very fitting... (laughs) (laughs) I want you to know, I will forever call it that. (laughs) Ooh, nice flesh powder you have on there. (laughs) Sounds, you are on like, point with your like flesh this, powder. That sounds like the, the medicine you're supposed to put on... Syphilis? <laughs> no. Like, <laughs> what? No. Like dead bodies when you're fixing them up for... Oh, when you're like the uh, the morgue yeah. person? Yeah, mortician or whatever. I don't know. Mortician? No. No, I don't think that's... What's the other word? What's the other... Oh, my God. Fucking hell. I'm oh. having a brain fart. Um. Anyway, and she also had a black eye. So... Oh. They were like, okay, obviously something else seems to have been going on here. Mm -hmm. Whether or not that that was the cause of her death, something's going on. Um, So then oddly, they discovered that Tony was the beneficiary on her $2,000 life insurance policy, which in today's money would be almost $43,000. How much? $43,000 in a life insurance policy. But he was not the beneficiary. That's a lot back then. No, no, no. Back then was $2,000. Oh, 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 Today's money would be 43000 Okay, that's not But much. they had only known each other for like... I can't even buy me a Tesla. They had only known each other for like, what, maybe a couple weeks. A couple days, a couple weeks. And so how right. is he already the beneficiary on her life insurance policy, right? Um, it turns out that she had been sick for a few days and had gotten so bad that she couldn't even hold a cup by herself. So he was basically force-feeding her alcohol because Ooh. they're drunks later on they found Turn out threatened me with a good time they found out that once she was knocked out he moved her bed over to an open window only after dousing the entire bed and mattress with ice water and wrapping her in a cold wet blanket hmm. so that's how she actually died so they found out later on was it like hypothermia or some shit well yeah and the yeah. and the pneumonia she was already sick oh, yeah and so he just did her in Got but it. So he had, this is like his, probably his first like murder. Like cool. he's just, this is just shows you like how freaking disturbed this guy is. Huh. 
Okay, so now we have Joseph Red Murphy. Okay. He was essentially a bartender at this speakeasy, but would basically just drink whenever he wanted to. So he okay. kind of worked there and kind of just chilled there all day and then would occasionally just like get a drink for somebody when they needed it. And mm. then would just like sit back down and keep drinking on his own. <laughs> um, so My he dog. got paid a dollar a day, hey. which w- today would only be $21.36 a day. That's a lot. $20 a day in today's money. Oh, a day. A oh, day. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was thinking an hour. No, $21.36 a day. Oh, dang. So, I mean, I don't know if he was just spending all of that on the He's alcohol or if he was drinking for free and then just like, I don't know. Okay. A 20 is a 20, man. Okay. That's but, a lot. Of, that's a lot of double cheeseburgers. Not really. Yeah. I mean. They're on the dollar menu. $21 doesn't even get me a half a tank of gas. Listen, they're on a dollar menu. It's a dollar six. I mean, I guess. Whatever. Um, he had also had a bit of a rough life, too. He had bounced around between foster homes and was pretty violent as a kid as well. Um, but that's pretty much all I have for Mr. Joseph Red Murphy. Okay. So next is Frank Pasqua. 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 He was 24 years old, happily married, with a four-year-old son, and owned a burial service. Interesting. Very. Uh, he would hire Michael Malloy sometimes for odd jobs, like polishing coffins, um, and he would let him sleep in the mortuary whenever he needed a place to crash, because he Dude, literally he was... To- he totally slept in a coffin. Oh, 100%. I would. Um, but, because Michael Malloy just needed some cash to go back to the bar. I mean, he's literally Frank from Shameless. Love it. Uh, they would go to the speakeasy frequently to drink, and then they all became acquaintances with each other. So all of these people became... So all of them know each other. They're all like buddies. Fr- yeah, yes. bar friends. Gotcha. So... Michael Malloy, as a decorated alcoholic, would literally drink anything that was put in front of him. And he also enjoyed the sardine sandwiches that were served at the bar. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So Pasqua, while working at his burial service, would also work with insurance companies, as Uh you do when people die and have insurance payouts and need coffins and all that shit. Um, Right. He was doing shady things with people's payouts, though, so he would, like, charge for certain things they didn't need and take the extra money. I knew he was a dirty boy. Yeah. He and Tony would talk about all of these shady dealings, and but would talk about them in Italian at the bar, so nobody could understand what they were saying. Um, and when nobody would knew. Like, Pizzeria. No, mozzarella. Um, excuse me. It's mozzarella. <laughs> mozzarella. Whatever. <laughs> I don't even Sorry. know. I could be completely wrong. <laughs> you probably are. Um, Knowing you, you're probably right. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't speak Italian, um, and I don't speak Spanish either. Before you say that, so thank you. Pasqua was actually the one that helped Marino fraudulently take the insurance policy out on the girlfriend Maybell or Mabel, the one that just died. Yeah. So he, it was shady, and Pasqua was actually the one that helped him get it. So that way, nobody else like questioned anything because they were buddies. Okay. So, keep that in mind. The Great I'm processing Depre- all of this right now. Yeah, it's a lot. There's a lot of people in this, and there's Jesus. a lot this of... This is like one of those like movies that you, like everybody's connected somehow. Mm-hmm. You know what it I'm literally saying? is. It's like a Valentine's Day. And then like random people just pop in every once in a while yeah. and put in their two cents. And then... So right now, if I was referring this movie to we've, Valentine's Day... We've got like Anne Hathaway. Yeah. <laughs> we've got... Uh, Ashton Kutcher. I was going to say Ashton Kutcher. Maybell's the Jennifer, uh, Jessica Alba. And we have... Uh, 
uh, oh my God, what is his name? I'm seriously, my brain is not working today. I had a, I had a stroke earlier. There was another word that I can't even remember what it was now that I couldn't remember before. Jamie Foxx is in it. Okay. Anyway. So Great Depression is the time. It's the time of the Great Depression. Correct. Started to take a toll on the bar. And so, uh, and when they were doing the scams and things, Tony wasn't putting any of that money back into the business. He was just wasting it all on whatever the fuck he is spending it on. Probably a lot of booze too. So he was starting to get concerned about his bar. He needed money. So enter 29 year old Daniel Kreisberg. He was a grocer and had a wife and three kids. He sounds like he owes, like has money. Um, no. Okay, all right. I was totally because wrong. that's the only reason why he's even in the story is because he needed the he needed money. Oh, because this guy he was actually like a good guy. He wasn't like a skeeve. He wasn't right. into these scams. He wasn't like Marino, and he wasn't like Pasqua. He was actually like a good guy and cared about his family, which is what he says later is the only thing that involved him in this was that he wanted to like take care of his family. Right. But like, at the cost of murder, mm. you go from like good guy to. Just like, let's murder somebody. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. So. Okay. So now we've got Marino, Pasqua, yep. and Kreisberg. Got it. They all sit down. They start to hatch a plan. What do we do? We need money now. Right. Get rich quick. Right. They look around the bar and they see Frank Gallagher. <laughs> just kidding. They see, <laughs> they see Michael Malloy and they think, let's get a life insurance policy. Take it out on Michael Malloy. Mm-hmm. And kill him and take the money. Sounds easy. And split it. Right. right. I would. Mm-hmm. We'll get him super drunk. Nobody will think anything. Yeah. He's just going to drink himself to death and it's not going to like put up any red flags because everybody sees how much he drinks all the time. Yeah, it's classic. only a matter of time before he drinks himself to death. So smart. Great plan. He was homeless. No family around to ask any questions. Um, he had already put his body through so much with his alcoholism. It would be easy to get him to just like overdo it. Right. Wrong. Oh. Wrong. Huh. This... You can't get a drunk drunk. You can't get this guy? I mean, I don't even... I can't even... Okay, just... He's a cat. He has nine lives. He has, like, 37. (laughs) You will learn he has, like, at least 37 lives. Dang. Okay. So now we're at July 29th, 1932. 32. All right. Pasqua walks into the speakeasy. Okay. Walks up to Malloy. Yep. Offers him insurance. He's just like, hey man, you know you work for me sometimes. It's a good idea. Let's set you up with a policy just in case anything happens. Like I see it happen all the time. People die. They don't have insurance. Let's just let's just get you set up with some. I'll help you. I'll help you out. Let's get you some insurance. Right. And Malloy's just like, okay, sure. Like I really like that impression. Okay. Hey. Yeah. Right. So they go to the insurance office. But you didn't do it in an Irish accent. How do you say okay in an Irish accent? I don't know. Look it up. You said okay. <laughs> okay and K. So they go to the insurance office. Everyone's kind of weirded out by this because it's just like a random setup between these two guys. And they're like, what is going on? They're asking how they know each other. And Malloy's like, well, he, Malloy says, he, well, he's one of my only friends. Which is like, ugh. Stab me in the heart. Because you have no idea what's about to happen. Yeah. Like, this is my so only friend. My only friend. My only friend. And then, yeah, it's bad. So the underwriter was especially suspicious and didn't trust Pasqua at all. He wrote a bunch of notes on the back of the policy, and he was basically like, oh, he's claiming 
this is for his protection claiming keyword right? right just seems suspicious wrote all these notes on the back just be like keep an eye out for this this is weird and then it was rejected so they finally rejected it on august 24th because it just didn't seem right so it took about a month they're like yeah no this is fucking weird okay. we're not we're not putting this through Pasqua goes back to the group and it's like well shit he tells them what happens and another patron named joseph fermento overhears their problem what a name i'm telling you there's like six thousand josephs that pop up into this story jesus so christ i'm not even gonna be able to keep up and a lot of them don't even matter in the long run so it's it's fine oh um, my goodness so he was friends with an insurance agent and thought that he could help them out he honestly thought he was just trying to be helpful he didn't know that there was like a like a underlying agenda yes exactly um so they try with this other guy who was also named joseph jesus. so joseph's friend joseph was a insurance guy um i feel like this is inception right now <laughs> it's a lot a lot of josephs um he gets rejected again okay so then pasquale realizes i cannot be the one continuing to attempt to do these right it's gonna really put up some red flags and so and also like we can't keep using malloy as the receiver of this insurance policy because it will also start to put up really bright red fucking flags right so, hmm. this is weird. Mr. Malloy, you have 24 attempts to get life insurance. Yeah, yeah. So, not only are they still attempting, at this point, I would have just fucking given up. Let's go find another, like, go fucking rob a bank or something. Dude, right? just fucking bonk him on the head. Well, there's reasons why they don't do that. They rob a bank, they pin it on him. No, 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 no. Oh. There's a reason why they don't just like up and just like stab him or whatever. There's right. reasons. They're, okay. yeah, you'll you'll see. So now they realize we have to take this to another level, and we have another step in this process. We have to give him a new identity, right? Because keep using the same name, things are going to look weird. Sure. So now is when they bring Joseph Murphy into the group. Murphy. Murphy. Red is Got his it. nickname. He's, he was the lazy bartender. Right. Yeah. So they tell him he's going to call and try to get insurance for his, quote, friend, who is Michael Malloy, but they're going to give him a new name. So Pasquale calls the same insurance company that originally denied him and was like, I know you just rejected me, but hear me out. I have a friend here who wants to get insurance for his friend, and I wanted to recommend you. So just give him a good deal. Why don't this you? This is like the most, like, eighth grade deal that i've ever fucking like it really is like i listen i know you didn't want i know but here we are my friend like, and a friend and my friend's this friend this is like my dog ate my homework type shit <laughs> <laughs> like what the fuck is going it's on it's so right bad now? it's so bad like there are so many opportunities during this entire process where they could have been like just fuck this like is this is murder is not worth all of this right like, it's just not it's not working out this for is so him. dumb <laughs> But he's like, I wanted to recommend you. So, like, let's do the damn thing and, like, give him a good deal. Right? Yeah. So the insurance agent. Hey, you guys. Hey, you guys. Give him a good deal. Right? The insurance agent, his name is also Joseph. Oh, my God. <laughs> Did something that in any other situation maybe wouldn't have necessarily been a huge deal, even though it's still against the rules. But in this case, really fucking bad. And he took the paperwork and dropped it off with them to pick it up later after it had been signed. 
What a fucking rookie mistake. So, you know, without like witnessing signatures and making sure that no fucking insurance fraud is happening. This is the one time he's like, okay, let me just drop this off with you at the bar. I'm going to go run some errands. Yeah, you're trustworthy. Let me drop this off. And come back and I'll sign it for you and we'll be good to go. What a fucking idiot. So they filed the insurance policy under the name Nicholas Mellory. That was the name that they gave Michael Malloy. Nicholas Mellory. Okay. Mm -hmm. They used Red as the filer, this time instead of Pesqua, Mm -hmm. and even falsified employment for this Nicholas Mellory Mm -hmm. at a flower shop to back up their story. Okay. Now, Pesqua was able to get somebody. He had a contact at the flower shop because it was across the street from his mortuary. Right. And so they were on, they were in cahoots. They used him for flowers a lot for services. Sure. Um, and they, and asked him like, Hey, hire this fake person for me. Who's never going to show up to work mm-hmm. so I could put it on this paperwork. And they're like, bet you got it. Easy. And they vouch for him. Like no fucking questions. Like I don't have to I have to make I have to put down a fake. Dude, that's a real homie right there. You know what I'm saying that's a real homie. They're all just way too intertwined. It's just a, it's just hey bizarre. We're gonna go hurt some people. Yeah, I, you can't ask some questions. No, and that's it. Yeah. All right, mm-hmm. whose car are we taking? Exactly. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, keep that in mind for later. Yeah. Okay. So then they brought two other guys into this mess. Okay, Anthony, tough guy, Bastone. His name's the nickname is literally Tough Guy. He was so, tough guys. Hey, <laughs> so he was a tough guy. <laughs> Get um, away. So Tough Guy delivered alcohol to the speakeasy on a regular basis. Okay. And another Joseph. Jesus Maglione. Okay. So this policy was set up at sixteen hundred dollars, which today would be just over thirty four thousand. They were also able to put something on there called double indemnity. Which is when you get double the face amount of a policy under certain conditions. One of those conditions being the result of an accident. Which made the policy increase to $3,576, which is now $76,389. Still that's why they didn't want to like just take him out in the alley and like stab him and that's it. They needed to make it look like an accident so they could get double the money. Because they're already splitting it up at least... Between three people, at least. So they have to make sure that's enough to actually keep enough money after right. being split up. So how does Tough Guy get in this? So, hold on. So now they have to plan an accident, which would, which could still include alcohol poisoning, was apparently on the list for accidental Again, death. Again, this is like, the t- like an eighth grade plan yeah. going on right now. Mm-hmm. So... Alcohol poisoning is apparently considered an accidental death. So they're like, we're still good with this plan. Yeah. So tough guy was like, why can't we just fucking kill him? Like, you're you're a tough guy over here. Like, why not just go fucking right. wail him on the head? Slit his throat or something. This is what he does. He's like, slit his throat. Let's just go, like, fucking get it done with. Right. They were like, no, we need it to be an accident. So then enter two more people. Okay. Edward Smith and John McNally. They overheard all of this. So they were like, well, we want to help. And the group told him, they were like, yeah, we think we got it covered, man. But like, if we need some extra hands, we'll hit you up. Seriously. Last kids to be picked in dodgeball. <laughs> and got it. they were like, okay, but we want a piece of that pie, though. 
Yeah. They're like, all right, fine, we'll fucking all split it, like, between the fucking... Nine of them? Right. (laughs) Fuck. And they're like, uh, no, we want half. And the group was like, ha, 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 yeah, no. You're out. So then they basically just was, just leave us the fuck alone and let us continue on with our stuff. So They're going to be important later on. So now they get, they set out to get Malloy to drink himself to death. Uh-huh. Marino said when Malloy comes in, I'm going to give him an unlimited tab. Just for being such an awesome dude. I'm going to give him an unlimited tab. And he did. And Malloy was like, ready to fucking party, bro. Hit it up. I bet you he was a fun guy. Probably. Probably. Because he's always just hammered. Yeah. He started and didn't stop all day. Kept going. Nice. But he's an alcoholic. And he's Irish. So he was getting drunk, but nothing was happening to where they were like, all right, we're we're on track with our plan. He was drunk, but he wasn't drunk, drunk. He drank a whole bottle of gin to himself the first night. Sheesh. Not even a full day, just the first night. Ugh, that's so gross. Came back the first morning, or yeah. the next morning. Drank from morning until closing, which I don't know what time it was around that time. If it was like 2 a.m. like it is now, oh, or if it was Atlanta. even later. Morning till closing. Oh, Malanta. He didn't have to leave to find any money to keep his tab going, so he literally was able to just sit there all day and just keep drinking. One after the other, after the other, after the other. So he came back the next day, same exact thing. Morning until closing. And still he's not getting drunk enough to fucking knock out and for them to be like, okay, we're on. Still, he's like coherent after three full days of drinking from morning till close. Oh my God. So he's drinking whatever kind of alcohol he wants. There's no limits. Whiskey bourbon, gin, anything you can fucking think of. Right. He left after the third day, barely even stumbling. He's coherent. And they're like, what the fuck are we supposed to do? How? How? (laughs) How are we going to get him to go out? I love it. They were hoping at this point maybe he would vomit in his sleep and aspirate and die. Right? Right. They're just hoping that he doesn't walk in the next morning at least. Okay. But then he would just come back again and did it for three more days. God, dog. So six and a half days at this point, I'm pretty sure. I'm on myself. Morning till closing, drink after drink after drink after drink, and isn't even closing an eye. Like, so at this point, they realize they have to give him something else. Oh, God. Something that's going to make him get sick, poison him, something that's going to up the ante a little bit. Give him a pickle. No. <laughs> you would probably really enjoy that at this point. Yeah. A snack. So they start giving him turpentine. Okay. Which is normally used as a paint thinner. Yes. They put rat poison in the turpentine. Rookie mistake. And they put it in his drinks. And he just keeps downing the hatch. Nothing. Tati, that ain't gonna affect He's him. just drinking. No, his, he's all... His, his body's shot. It's not... It's, oh, this is normal. His stomach isn't even... His stomach is numb at this point, and his liver is numb. His kidneys are numb. He's done. So then they're like, okay, we we have to stop mixing things in his drink, and we have to just start giving him straight up something else. They start giving him wood alcohol. Okay. In shot glasses. So they're not even mixing it anymore. Straight up wood alcohol in shot glasses. Now I'm pretty sure his tongue is probably also numb at this point, and his taste buds. And he's like, I don't even know what I'm drinking. I'm just drinking. Don't even care. Yeah. So... They would alternate 
a wood alcohol shot with a regular shot and a wood alcohol shot and a regular alcohol shot. Um, the episode that I listened to on Morbid, they did this case. They said, uh, Elena was saying that 10 milliliters of wood alcohol should blind you. Just 10 milliliters. Yeah. And he's drinking shot after shot after shot. Good for him. And he's chilling. He's, he's fine. An, he's an alien. They said, she said two to eight ounces should kill an adult. Now think about it, an ounce is a shot glass, is an ounce. And yeah. he's drinking shot after shot. So two to eight ounces should kill an adult. And he's straight chilling. Nice. With this wood alcohol. What a champ. So after a while, they just stopped giving him the regular alcohol, and they're only giving him shots of wood alcohol. So take out all the regular shit. Okay? He kept asking for more. Gotta get some. Barkeep. It didn't affect him one bit. Barkeep. Just, it was like, oh, that shit's good. Let me fucking get some more of that shit. Yeah. Okay? He kept drinking straight up wood alcohol for multiple days, and it didn't even touch him. Days upon days champ. of wood alcohol. Can't okay. stop, won't stop. One night, he finally passes out on the floor. They thought he was finally dying. No. Until he started snoring. <laughs> They're like, he's just fucking taking a nap. Like, what the fuck? It's time to rally. And seriously, they're yeah. like, shit, he's probably going to be up in a couple hours just standing up and sitting right back on his bar stool, like, ready yep. for more fucking wood alcohol. So then... They're like, we got we to gotta up it again. We got to up the ante again because this guy's fucking nuts. So Pasquale decided to soak raw oysters in the wood alcohol and give him a snack when he wakes up. Okay, hold on. Hold on a second. <laughs> let's, let's recap mm-hmm. here for a second. So he's how been drinking for over a days? week. I was, okay, that's all I needed to know. At least. My dog. I don't know how many at this point. I know before they gave him the wood alcohol, it was like almost a week. So now he's been drinking for multiple other days. So we're probably closing in on two weeks now of yeah. straight drinking. So now, now in come the oysters. In come the oysters right. soaked in wood alcohol. This is awesome. Thinking that there would be some sort of weird reaction between the oysters and the alcohol right. in his stomach that would end up like bubbling up and poisoning him from the inside or nah, some shit. Ain't no way. So he eats these oysters. Mm-hmm. Dude doesn't even get a stomach ache. <laughs> Doesn't even get, like, the Hershey squirts. It was like, thanks for the snack, bro. That was real yummy. Like, (laughs) nothing. Doesn't even get a stomach ache. So they're like, okay, on to the next. So then they hone in on the sardine sandwiches he loves so much that they have at the bar. Okay. We're going to give him a rotten sardine sandwich. Laced with a little bit of rat poison. Some crunchy carpet tacks bits of broken glass and shreds of tin can in the sandwich man they were going for it (laughs) fucking carpet tacks glass bits and shreds of tin can love it he ate the entire fucking thing my fucking dog and asked for another (laughs) not even a stomach ache dude swallowed glass and carpet tax. Love it. And ask for more. <laughs> Dude, imagine that shit. I don't even want to imagine Ugh. it. That's he, what I'm that's saying. That's how he dies. He didn't even have any issues. That's like, how he dies. He, he poops, it like rips his colon, right. he dies. He didn't end up going shit and then like bleeding out of his asshole going to the hot. Like nothing. Wow. Nothing. What an amazing person. So the next night, they're like. This guy's a superhero. 
I'm swe- he wasn't human. Like I swear he <laughs> I told wasn't. You, he was an alien. So the next night, it's really cold. They let him drink until he passed out again. So then they drag him through the snow to a park. And in old school fashion, like Marino did, they pour five gallons of ice cold water on him. They're like, that's going to do that ought to do it. It's going to fucking not, it's going to kill him. He's going to freeze to death out here. So they leave, they leave him there overnight. They think we're done. We got this. We're good. No, they walk into the speakeasy the next morning. Guess who's sleeping on the floor? Fucking Mike Malloy. (laughs) Michael Malloy on the floor of the bar. Damn, what a champ. And they're like, what the actual fuck? (laughs) Yeah. This is not even fathomable at this point. And they're like, how is he still? I'm I'm telling you, he's Frank Gallagher. Yeah. They're like in the show. Like he'd wake up in the middle of a, like he'd come out like a zombie out of the snow. Sleeping in the snow. And like, fine. Are you sure this isn't in, in Canaveral? <laughs> I mean, no, because it's snowing, but it sounds like something that probably could happen out there. So they're like, okay, next idea has to be fucking foolproof. What the fuck is going to happen next? They talk to Mr. Hershey Harry Green, who's a cab driver. Hmm. So then they offer him $150 to run him over with his cab. <laughs> and he's like, Okay. That's where the car came in. That's where the car comes in. He's like, okay, that sounds like fun. Let's do this. January 30th. Okay. January 30th. Okay. January 30th. Keep that in mind. Yep. I have to go back and find the date. So the the first insurance application was rejected on August 24th. Okay. Now we're in January. Okay. So this has been going on. For six months. (laughs) I mean, I don't know if they started right away, but it's been going on for multiple months at this point. You said June or or August? August. Oh, but I don't oh, know okay. when they started this whole like scheming plan of like trying to kill him. I don't think it was right away. I think wait, August twenty fourth. Mm-hmm. It probably started August twenty third. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it, I don't even think it would have made show. a difference. So January thirtieth, nineteen thirty three. All seven of them get into a taxi. All seven of them just sham their, just sham, shove themselves inside a taxi. They drive off to a road somewhere, Maglione and Bastone, which is the tough guy and the other guy. They get out of the car with Malloy. They hold him up and jump out of the way when the car comes. And Green misses him. How the fuck? Twice. (laughs) (laughs) How? What a guy. Do you miss a stumbling alcoholic? Twice with a with a taxi cab. I tell you what, my the academy kids that I just watched drive aren't that much better. I mean, so. I guess maybe they should have put them in orange because but all the academy kids him, were hitting all the cones. But if they're holding him up in place until the last second, he's not going anywhere. How is he missing him twice? I don't know. <laughs> so on the third try, he finally hits him. America, forty-five miles an hour. He hit the windshield. Rolled into a gutter. And they're like, finally. Yeah. Fucking leave him here. Someone will find him. When they f- report his body, we'll get the money. Blah, blah, blah. So the next day, they hear nothing. No news reports. Nobody found. Nothing. They go back to the gutter. And he's gone. Yes. I knew it. He's gone. He's not there. Yeah. So they're thinking maybe he crawled somewhere else. Like he came to and started to try to, try to crawl to find help and then died somewhere else. 
So they're waiting and they're waiting for two days. They hear nothing. No reports, no bodies found, nothing. Okay. So now they want to find another person who resembles Malloy to put his ID in his pocket, kill him, and then they can report the death and collect the money. So now we're branching into murder number two to get this fucking insurance money. Because they have no body. They're thinking Malloy's probably off dead somewhere, but they can't do anything until they find his body and say, oh yeah, he's fucking dead. So they got to kill the lookalike so they can get the Michael Malloy money. Yes. Okay. All right. This is getting ridiculous. But technically it's not even going to be Michael Malloy's. No. It's going to be Nicholas Mellory. Yes. And the fake ID that they... Right. Yeah. Exactly. February 6th. So about a week later now. They go out and they find someone who apparently looks like a doppelganger of Michael Malloy. It's probably fucking him. No, it's not. But it's another Irishman, Patrick Murray, 31 years old. Um, No, I'm sorry. Joseph Patrick Murray. So another Joseph. Jesus Christ. Joseph Patrick Murray. Murray was looking for work and stopped by to get a drink. He's talking to some people at the bar. Yeah, I'm looking for some work. I'm out of work. I'm trying to find a place. So they overhear him. And they're like, hey, man, we can offer you some work here at the bar. Let's have some drinks and celebrate. Cheers. Yes. New job. So he passes out. They get him so fucking drunk that he knocks out. I love it. Put him in the same taxi to hit him, just like they did with Malloy. But when they take him out to the road, wherever they're at, they realize, oh, shit, that sun, it's still out. People are around. They can see us. We can't do this yet. We have to take him back when it's dark. So they take him back to the bar, throw his ass on the floor, drink a little bit more, wait till it's dark, drag him back out to the road. Hit him again. Hit him. Not again. They didn't do it the first time because they didn't want any witnesses. So then the second time they go out with him, they hit him at 30 miles an hour. But after they're like, yeah, we just hit this fucking guy and murdered him too. They look around. And there's a fucking shop owner staring at the whole thing. Good. Good, 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 good. So then they call the cops. They get away. They take Murray went to the hospital. He had broken ribs, a concussion, a bunch of internal injuries. Was in the hospital for like, I think it was like a month or some shit. But he survived. Good for him. So, right? Well, that didn't fucking work. <laughs> That was not easy. Um, Pasqua is ready to try again. Jesus Christ. So he calls his doctor friend, the one that normally signs off on all of his death certificates. So another little one in his cahoots. A little band of minions. Band of brothers over there. Dr. Frank Manzella. And he offers him some money and says, hey... When we call you to a death scene pretty soon, can you just pronounce him dead of pneumonia with no questions asked? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Sounds good. Another homie. Yeah. So he's like, I don't know when it's going to happen, but it's going to be soon. When you get the call and I say, hey, we have a death here, you're just going to come and just fill out the form and put down Why don't you just ask him to fill out the fucking form? I don't know. Because he has to actually go and be, I, I don't know. So, Marino wanted to find a room to rent that had a gas line accessible so they could gas 
someone to death and claim it was Nicholas Mallory. So five days later, Michael Malloy walks into the speakeasy. Jesus Christ. <laughs> the man, the myth, the legend. He's probably like, hey, yeah. what's going on over here? So he had been found by a police officer after being hit by the car and tossed into the gutter. Uh, he had some broken bones and he didn't remember anything that happened. Probably a mixture of the alcohol and a head injury. And the poison and the shards and, and the wood alcohol right. and the, okay. And right. the everything. He didn't even know that it was his group of friends that right. were involved in this whole thing. He had right. no idea what happened. He just woke up in the hospital with broken bones. So now they're like, cool, now we can actually do this plan on Malloy again. Yeah. We actually have him back now. So they want to use the gas plan. So February 22nd. So we're now a whole other month into this. Month number like nine. They're in the bar and they challenge Malloy to a drink off. And he's probably like, are, are you for real right now? You, do, you, do you really think that this is going to be a good idea? Why would you do that? Why would you do that? So they're back to the wood alcohol. They start giving him wood alcohol again. Mm-hmm. He ends up drinking two quarts of wood alcohol that one night. Two quarts. That's a lot. That's a lot. He passes out. This time it seems to be a little bit worse. He's actually foaming at the mouth at this point. Hmm. So they're like, okay, I think we're getting somewhere. Probably the little break in the hospital did him some good. And now we're, you know. So they took him to the room that they rented. Um, they had a rubber hose, they connected it to the gas line, and they put the other end in his mouth, they wrapped a towel around his face to block any airflow, and then that night, Michael Malloy finally dies. Man, what a way to go out, man. I thought he was gonna go out, like... He almost made it. Like, I thought he was gonna go out, like, at the simple... Like, he slipped on a fucking peanut shell or something. (laughs) Like, that's what was gonna get him. It... Yeah, it's not funny, but it's just like ugh. it is funny. Like the fucking guy well, should have died. Him man. dying is not funny, but the Correct. fact that he's literally he's basically indestructible is dude. Yeah, what a guy. So they call the doctor as planned. He pronounces Malloy dead. Writes it down as pneumonia. Pasqua, being in the undertaking business, sees to it that he's like put in the ground right away. Sign the paper. Bury him. Done. I said... No, no, no. What I'm asking... Like, he dies of pneumonia. Does that, like, qualify as accidental? I would assume so. How? I don't know. That's Uh, the whole point of their whole thing, though. I thought you were going to say something else. That's why I was trying to stop you. No. When they go to collect the money, the insurance company was like, okay, when can we see the body? That's what I thought you were getting at. Well, yes. I because was, insurance yeah. companies have to see Correct. that the person's actually dead. Uh, and Pasquale was like, he's already buried. Bring him up. And so they're like, first of all, that's not how this works. Second of all, you know that's not how this works. So then the red flags start to go up again because they're like, you of all people should know that that's not how this works at all. So... An investigation begins into 
his death. Dun, dun, They're questioning dun. all of the guys in this little band of thieves. Jesus. Kreisberg. Now, remember, Kreisberg was the one that he had the, the family. Nice guy, he was yeah. the nice guy. Gives it all up right away. Right. Which makes a lot of sense, considering he was not really one of the bad guys, technically, to begin with. Uh, apparently, he was super nervous about this entire thing from beginning to end and was only trying to do it for his family. And he actually tried to stop it once they had the gas hose in Michael Malloy's mouth. Um, but eventually, they were like, dude, what the fuck? After everything, like, we're not stopping now. And so, eventually, they can they convince him to do the whole thing. Yeah. So He's the one that says, teacher, what about the homework on exactly. Friday? Exactly. Yeah, I got it. Yes. So he went along while they finally finished the job. Marino stayed silent and denied everything. But then once everyone else started talking and giving up information, he started to give up only what would make it seem like he was not the ringmaster of the entire thing. He he was like, I mean, yes, I was there. Yes, I did it. But I only went along with it because everyone else was doing it. And because, like, Pasqua was, like, the main guy and all this. He, it was his idea. Right. Blah, blah, blah. Putting it on everybody else. And just saying that he was just there. Minimizing himself. Got it. Yeah. And Pasqua was the one that was completely like, no, not giving anything up. Mouth is shut. Not giving you anything. Yeah. You're not going to get anything out of me, copper. Exactly. Until he fucked up royally. Uh Uh-oh. So remember, they're not supposed to know that this is Michael Malloy. Everyone in this situation is supposed to think that this is Nicholas Mellory. Yeah. So then the investigators start talking about the doctor and how he knew Pasqua, which they kind of already knew that because of his business, and then how he knew Mellory. Um, and he, they were talking about their relationship between Pasqua and the doctor, and he's like, well, Malloy told me. Or no, I'm sorry, the how Malloy and uh, the doctor knew each other. Right. And Pasqua was like, Malloy to- told me. And the investigator was like, you mean Mike? And he's like, yeah, Mike. And the investigator's like, you just called him Mike. Hmm. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, um, I'm Mellory. We used to call him Malloy because I heard it wrong the first time I met him and I thought it was Malloy. And I, so I'm talking about Nick, not Mike. Nick. Nick Mellory. What a fucking idiot. So the investigator was like, nah, bro, you fucked up. You're done. You're done. You're right. fucked. And so that's basically what did him in. Eventually they did dig up the body so they could confirm the death and all that stuff. And I think they finally realized, like, who all was involved. So all five of the main men were found guilty. The other ones that were in the cab apparently did not ever get caught with their association with this uh, tough guy and the other guy. Um, So Anthony, Tony Marino... Francis Pasqua, Daniel Kreisberg, and Joseph Red Murphy, um, and Hershey Harry Green. All five were found guilty of this murder. Marino, Pasqua, Kreisberg, and Murphy were sentenced to the electric chair. Nice. The first three were put to death on June 7th, 1934, and Murphy on July 5th. Harry Green also went to prison, but I couldn't find what the sen- what his sentence was, but he was the one that drove the taxi, so I'm not mm. sure what his what he ended up with. And then Dr. Frank Manzella was held as an accessory after the fact with a $10,000 bail. 10 G's, man. Yeah. I looked up all the other conversions except for that one, but I would assume it's pretty uh, hefty at this point. Hefty, hefty, hefty. So that 
is the insane story of Michael that was Malloy. A lot. That was a lot. Mr. Mike the Durable. <laughs> Iron Mike. Iron Mike. The show. I told you, Dude, I could not a, wait to tell you that story. That, that is probably the, one of the craziest like true crime stories I've ever heard. That's a lot. They did so much. They did so much. Dude, my dude is a... Oh, my God. What a legend. Yeah. Especially when that whole sardine sandwich thing came into play, I was like, oh, for sure. He's done. I'm going to look this guy up. What does this Mike Malloy look Michael like? Michael Malloy. I think there's only one picture that makes him look like the perpetrator. Like, it makes him look like a mugshot, but it's just a 1930s photo. M-A-L-L-O-W. O W or O Y or O Y? Sorry, I don't know why I said W. Dude, he looks like he. So that's actually, it says Michael Malloy, but that's actually Marino's mugshot. Oh. Um. Where's Marino? Who's that guy? That is Pasqua. Pasqua. Yeah, I, I. Pretty much figured that's what we look like. I don't know. I mean, I have oh, a picture of Malloy's body during his autopsy. <laughs> yeah, but I don't. I don't know. That one is the other one is Marino's mugshot. So I don't know. There was another picture I saw that made his also look like a mugshot, just because, like I said, it was like an old black and white 1930s photo that they never smile in. This my guy, right here. Uh, maybe. I can't tell. I can't either. Um, but yeah, fucking insane. <laughs> oh, here's I... another. Here's another nickname: the Juggernaut. <laughs> Fitting. Yeah. Iron Mike. I'm still calling it flesh powder, by the way. Flesh powder. Flesh powder. Dude, what a what an insane story. Like, yeah. what a legend. I don't even... I want to get, I want to get, like, that picture of the dude that was, like, like I'm, I'm guessing that was Mike Malloy on yeah. the sidewalk. Yeah. I want to get that picture, put it on a t-shirt, and I want to be, and it says, I want to be just like Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't. <laughs> I don't want to be drinking wet alcohol and eating. No, I mean, like... <laughs> Jesus, I'm not trying to promote alcoholism. <laughs> trying to be like so you just want to be invincible right yeah. i see i see jesus so because then there then people would be like who who is mike and why is there a drunk man on your yeah listen let me tell you a story i have been wanting to tell that story to anybody even before we decided to do this podcast i've been wanting to tell that story to somebody ever since i heard it that is crazy it's dude. insane that is Insane in the membrane. Insane in the brain. Insane in the membrane. Okay. Ooh. What? What? Oh, I was just gonna say, do we have a Florida, a Florida man story for oh, our, our goofy? We do. It's not only a Flo- it's a Florida woman. Ooh, a woman. Florida woman. I'm down with a Florida woman. 2022. Okay. That is the era, because now we're in 2023. Oh my God, it's February 2023. Mm-hmm. Sheesh. Anyway, this happened in April 2022. So in Pinellas County, (laughs) 
lots of stuff happens in mm-hmm. Pinellas County. Yes. So Pinellas County Sheriff's Office um, released a body cam video. And this story, as you were t- talking about it, I was looking for this Florida Florida man thing, right? Yeah. And then I came across, I scrolled onto this one, and I was like, how fitting this is. Right? Uh-huh. So Pinellas County Sheriff's Office released a body camera video on a uh, Friday of a woman who performed multiple ballet and Irish folk dance moves stop. during a roadside field sobriety oh test my God, stop. No. in April. So deputies say that... How have I not seen this yet? I don't know. Deputy said Amy Harrington, 38, of Madeira Beach. Is that, did I say that right? Madeira? Maybe. Sure. Rear-ended another vehicle roughly one mile from her home on April 27th. Mm-hmm. When deputies arrived, they said Harrington showed several signs of impairment, including bloodshot, watery, and glassy eyes, as well as dilated pupils. I've written that in a report. Multiple times, I feel. <laughs> yeah. When Harrington asked... Uh, to walk the line, she, oh, when Harrington was asked to walk the line, she struggled to follow instruction and was unsteady on her feet, almost falling, mm-hmm. arrest documents say. In the newly released video, the deputy administering the field sobriety tests can be heard asking Harrington to walk the line. Uh, the deputy said, do you want to pay attention so I can give you the instructions? Mm-hmm. Harrington answered, yeah, well, you sound like my ballet coach. What? Harrington said that before taking five I take steps. take offense to that. <laughs> Harrington answered that uh, before taking five steps on the line and then transitioning into a ballet sequence. Oh, no. Step, it's... bump, step, bump, bump, bump. Tell me there's a video. Okay. That wasn't the exercise I was demonstrating, the deputy said. Without responding, Harrington then leaped into a ballet-slash-Irish-folk hybrid dance. Oh. Multicultural. So I'm adding this to the schedule. Yes. Starting next week. (laughs) Ballet-Irish-folk dancing. (laughs) Oh, my God. The sheriff's office said Harrington later refused testing, which marked the second time she refused the test. After a separate incident in Pinellas County on March 3rd, 2019. Oh, so this, so this is, is not her second. first rodeo. Yeah. What an idiot. Mm-hmm. She was charged with driving under influence with property damage and refused to to submit to testing, which yeah. that means the breath test. Right. So she never blew the breath test. Mm-hmm. Deputies said they also found white foam cup containing a light yellow liquid that smelled of alcohol in the center cup holder of Harrington's car. Mm. End of little story. Yellow. Was that like a white claw or something? No, white claw is clear. It was probably a mixed drink of some kind. Anyway. Oh, it was probably like a mimosa. Vodka Red Bull. Maybe. She seemed... So here's the picture of her. Okay. She has like really drawn... I don't know. Is that drawn on eyebrows? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Heavy on the flesh powder. Okay. (laughs) Ew. Right? Yeah. So I I did my little um, interweb search oh, and I found yes. I found the video. I won't play any sound. 
Is she, actually, can, is she wearing a skirt, too? I don't know. Is she wearing a tutu? Because it no, looks like she's wearing a no, tutu. No, it's not a tutu. Oh, looks like it. But I won't put the sound, but I, okay. I thought the video was pretty interesting. And we'll put this on the... We'll, I'll put the link to this one. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, under for the, sure. the, the show notes. For sure. And you have to put her... So, yeah. here. So, here she goes. Oh, yeah. She's wearing here shorts. Oh, oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, look. She's actually got some pretty good releve. Oh. That's... Oh, oh, a little Swan Lake here. Oh, <laughs> wow, oh. wow! Don't forget a wrist. Ooh, look, oh. that's the flamingo. A little bit of a flamingo. Oh, oh my God! She's doing great. She's doing really good. She's doing really in great. all aspects of her oh, life. First position. Oh, wow! 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 Oh, she did a little bit of a balance there. Ooh. I just, I aspire to be this carefree when I'm drunk. I just fall asleep. Yeah. <laughs> Same. And there and she goes. There she goes. There she goes to jail. I would so not be amused if I was one of those cops. Oh, I would. You know, I would. I probably would join her. I would absolutely do the step bump bump thing yeah i probably would have joined 100 percent. but yeah that was man i i did ballet too when i was little can you do this move and i would join her we would have done a little duet a little but yeah i thought this was a really good and fitting story very fitting like it just so happened that i scrolled by and i'm like oh irish folk dancing why not yes very fitting so yeah. Um, I actually have another Florida woman story too. Uh oh. I decided to throw one in here too. It has nothing to do with Irish people or dancing. Right. But it has to do with mac and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You had me at mac and cheese. Go okay, on. Okay. Are you ready? Go on. This is in Hialeah. Okay. Okay. A Florida woman. Three oh five till I die. Yeah. Is suing the Kraft Heinz Food Company. For $5 million, claiming they misled the public about the time it takes to prepare Velveeta microwavable mac and cheese cups. Wait, we, wait, what? So, Amanda Ramirez is listed as the main plaintiff for this class action suit, which alleges Kraft Heinz violated federal law by saying Velveeta shells and cheese cups take three and a half minutes to prepare. Quote, Ready in three and a half minutes is printed on the box, which is the amount of time the product takes to cook in the microwave. However, the suit says it takes more time to complete the other required steps, as reported by WFLA. This is how the lawsuit describes the cooking process. We're going to go into this whole cooking oh, process. Oh, God. First, consumers must, quote, remove lid and cheese sauce pouch, unquote. Next, they must... Add water to fill line and cup and stir. Third, microwave uncovered on high three and a half minutes. Do not drain. Finally, they should stir in contents of cheese sauce pouch. Defendant then notes that the cheese sauce will thicken upon standing. Consumers seeing ready in three minutes will believe it represents the total amount of time it takes to prepare the product. Meaning from the moment it is opened to the moment it is ready for consumption. 
Ramirez bought the product for a, quote, premium price of $10.99 between October and November oh, bitch, fuck 2022. Oh, bitch, you. I ain't paying $10 for mac and cheese. Among other times. It was probably, like, one of those multi-packs or whatever. Oh. The lawsuit uh, claims, however, it did not say how long it actually took Ramirez to prepare the mac and cheese. Hmm. The suit described Ramirez as someone who, quote, looks to bold statements of value when quickly selecting groceries and like many consumers who seek to stretch their money as far as possible when buying groceries. So she's literally suing them for $5 million because it took her longer than three and a half minutes from opening the package to actually finishing it, it finishing in the microwave, thinking that it meant from like the, including you know, the preparation you time. Know, I'm I'm smirking because that's like a top like a typical like highly a move, man. I know. <laughs> but it literally says in the instructions microwave for three and a half minutes. I mean, I guess if the package outside says ready in three and a half minutes, some dumb fuck would think that it means literally from when you open the package to the time you're putting it in Obviously. your mouth. But it's just that's ridiculous. Yeah. Did she I don't win? know. I don't know. This I, this was. Um, it says that she purchased the product between October and November of last year, so it's probably still, like, going on. Yeah. It's only a few months ago. To going back to my my story. Yeah. Like I had a guy. I think I told you. I had a guy that moonwalked on the line. I think you did tell me that. Yeah, I was actually impressed. Like was I wasn't. Moonwalk? I wasn't even mad at that. Yeah obviously went to jail but right it was a pretty good moonwalk <laughs> i'm not gonna lie and then i've had people like i think the most on like the walk and turn was like 48 steps holy shit and they weren't like oh my god i'm all the way the fuck across the parking lot no they had no idea what number they were on they were just walking oh my god. i was just running did you hear that dude don't I'm, mess with I'm me. I'm dead fucking serious. Did you hear that? <sighs> no, I didn't. It was like something moving. Anyway. <laughs> Should I get my my spirit box app out? Can you please don't? <laughs> Can I please don't? Yeah. <laughs> Can you do not read good? <laughs> I can't not read good. Anyway. Oh, wow. Yeah, 48 steps. I thought he was going to run from me and got to that point. He was just, like, making it seem like he was dumb and not paying attention to the rules, and he was just trying to get as far away from you as possible. Probably. <laughs> so just probably a little off. bit both. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he, he ended up, that person ended up, um, like, doing the breath test. I think he was, like, at, like, a point three two six or oh, something. Jesus. Like, hey, he was up there. That's high. He was up there. Wow. Um. I'm surprised yeah, he could even some, walk at that point. I'm some I'm I've seen some like flamingo stands. I've seen the Mr. Miyagi one. Ooh. Um I've seen some really funny ones. That's awesome. And then, and then I, wish you could, like, I wish you could take your phone out at that moment and just like snap a picture. Yeah. Of them like balancing in weird positions or like doing the moonwalk. <laughs> I I wish I had those videos. I, I mean they were on the old camera system that we had, but yeah. They were pretty entertaining. Like, they're some of my favorites. That's awesome. Yeah. All right, well, I think it's time to get out of here because I still got to edit this and post it. Dude, and I got to be up early. You do. I kind of do, too. I, we got to work. Yay. Actually, I'm kind of excited for mine, though. 
Yeah, your event should be cool. Yeah. Mine so. should be cool, too. Well, now you've got some goodies, so. Yeah. All right. Well, until next time, um, don't forget that we have a Facebook page, Spooks and Goofs Podcast, and then we have Instagram, at Spooks and Goofs Podcast. Chip. Sure. And then email us your spooky stories or your true crime stories. Do it, please. To spooksandgoofspod at gmail.com. Not please. podcast, just pod. I want to hear your stories. I really, really want to have a listener tales yeah. episode soon. I actually want to read one of yours. Yeah. So I want to read a lot. Like Alicia does most one. of the talking. And I have to listen. I do. <laughs> Maybe you can bring a, a long case one day. I, I would love that. Let's do it. Okay. Next one. You want me to do it next week? Mm-hmm. Okay. Give me a little briz ache. A briz ache. Yeah. Love it. You're so hip. I'm hip to be square. I hate that you say that. <laughs> <laughs> that is so gross. I'm just tired. Anyway, let's go. Okay. Well, until next time, speed. Huh? <laughs> what is going on? Who are you? I'm having another stroke. My gosh. I'm telling you, it's hard. Life is hard. Yeah. Yeah. Let's try this again. Until next time. Next spooky Saturday. Stay spooky. Get goofy. And goodbye. Play the music.